if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Seven minutes to the hour of nine o'clock, and we're underway on a Wednesday, the 28th morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord 2021. Coming up on the program, a familiar voice, but one that has not been on the air since April here. We're going to welcome back Daniel Horowitz, conservative review senior editor, will be joining us. Daniel um, is all over the Pfizer Republic. That's his terminology, not mine. He did a podcast yesterday that I listened to that I was just fascinated by. Um, The pushback, the extraordinary importance of all of us pushing back to resist the creation of the Pfizer Republic, which, of course, means Big Pharma, led, of course, by Pfizer, the first of the, um, what what are we calling them? Not FDA-approved, that's right, emergency-authorized drug cocktails to try to stem off some of the worst uh, parts of the COVID-19 virus. That's that, that Pfizer. Pfizer's in control of this thing. Pfizer and the other big pharmaceutical companies are in control of this thing. Their influence over the CDC is enormous. Their influence over the NIH, enormous. The influence clearly over people like Dr. Anthony Fauci, simply enormous. And that's why Daniel Horowitz is uh, talking about this being a threat, uh, that uh, we are going to be overtaken by the Pfizer Republic. So uh, that's coming up at 9.35. Daniel will talk about the CDC's new guidance, as will we in just a moment. Then at, uh, let's see, what do we have here? Uh, At 10.35, I believe. We have a guest at 10.35 whose name escapes me right now for reasons that are just unacceptable. Oh, that's right, Larry Clayman. Thank you very much, Jonathan. We are going to talk to Larry Clayman at... uh, uh, 10.35 this morning, not 9.35. Um, I've been spending so much time listening to the CDC guidance this morning that I have uh, completely uh, uh, forgotten my other obligations. But Larry Clayman will be at 10.35. And we're going to talk to both of them, and we're going to talk to and listen to you at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. But I've got a lot of stuff that I've been preparing to share with you on the CDC's announcement yesterday of their new guidance and government agencies, local, regional, and national that are going to act on those things. And we're going to start with, after we check, uh, actually, actually after we pause 
for our Pledge of Allegiance. So, patriots, as I do each and every morning at this time, I ask you to stand, face your flag if you have one, put your hand over your heart, and join us as we say our pledge to this great, wonderful, beautiful, uh, 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 equal country, equal for all country, and leftists who don't believe any of those things. Go ahead and take your knee. We know this is what you always do. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. By the way, before I get into the uh, the CDC guidance and what this means, big picture, and our guests will both talk about this in a different form, uh, talking about uh, masking and vaccines, Um. I want to hit, because we just did the Pledge of Allegiance, the Simone Biles controversy. Just very, very briefly, I promise. When I first found out that Simone Biles, who is like clearly the face of the U.S. Olympic team, the face of her sport, women's gymnastics, there's no question about that, she hasn't won an all-around, or excuse me, hadn't lost an all-around competition. And I'm not fluent terribly in, in gymnastics, so bear with me on this. But as I read, she hasn't hadn't lost an all-around competition since 2013. She's just, you know, without question the best in the world, and without question, according to those who study the sport much more than I would, um, the best to ever do it. Better than Mary Lou Retton, better than Nadia Comaneci, better than Dominique Dawes, better than, you know, you could sit here and pick a ton of, uh, of the great... Um, uh, gym, Olympic gymnasts of all time in the world, not just in the United States. That's why I threw in Komenichi. But uh, anyway, she uh, she dropped out, as you saw. She did her first performance, or first uh, event, if you will, uh, on uh, Monday, and didn't like how that went, and she stepped away from it all. Yesterday it was announced that she was not going to participate for the rest of the team events. Uh, and then as a result, the U.S. won silver instead of gold. And a lot of people came out at Simone Biles and said, oh, my God, she just quit on her country. She quit on her team. She quit on her teammates and so on and so forth. And I was kind of feeling the same way. That's just, a, to me, my original thought was that is just a uh, kind of a, an example of the soft nature of the, the, the younger generations. They're just soft. Uh, generations ago, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years ago, it's just, you know, men and women were just made a lot harder. They were made of a lot more steel uh, and not so much of soft, touchy-feely emotions. It's just a different world right now with this younger generations. And that's what I blamed it on, and I pretty much thought, I didn't say it out loud, but, but I just thought, how weak, how weak. And then she it confirmed that it wasn't a physical injury. She didn't hurt her ankle or anything like that. She just wasn't quite uh, in her right headspace. And I said, why? Just soft. That's what I thought. But I want to say something now, just very briefly, as I said here about this. It's not true, at least in her case. It's not just a matter of softness. Some people are trying to compare it to, you know, hey, if a a LeBron James, you know, went, somebody wrote it this way, went 0 for 9 in the first quarter of the Game 7 of the NBA Finals and said, man, I'm just not in my right headspace. I'm going to sit the rest of this game out. You guys do it without me. That would be the comparison some people make. You know, oh, my God. this That is a terrible comparison because LeBron James doesn't risk death if he is not in his right headspace. And I mean this quite literally. We have all seen tragic gymnastics competition accidents in which people can literally break their neck 
uh, you know, slamming into pommel horses, missing on the uneven bars, and just, I mean, some horrific injuries have resulted of this kind of thing. When you're talking about aerial acrobatics, and if you don't have the full confidence in yourself to do what you're doing, um, you could very, get very, very, very seriously hurt. There is a con- connection. For those who know much about athletics, there is a big connection between mental state of mind and confidence and physical uh, physical abilities. There really is. And my, th- I think a better comparison would be to NASCAR or racing. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about here, talk to a race car driver. If you've ever been on the on a highway in heavy traffic going 70 up on the turnpike, the the turn the speed limit is 70, and a lot of people speeding around you going 75 and 80 or higher. And you know, especially when there's heavy traffic and that's going on, it gets you riding up alongside a big rig. How how tightly do you grip that wheel? Sometimes, it's nerve wracking. It's nerve wracking. It is. It's it's kind of you know you're 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 a little bit worried. Well, in NASCAR, they do that for hundreds and hundreds of laps at 200 miles an hour or 180 miles an hour. And I guarantee you, it's not just the physical ability to turn and navigate the steering wheel along with an appropriate time to hit the gas and when to ease off. It's a mental thing. And if you are not confident, if your hands are shaking when you're 170 miles an hour and you're bumper to bumper with somebody and fender to fender and trade and paint, you're going you're gonna to crash. And it could, it could kill you. That's just reality. If you lose your confidence in a sport like that, you could crash and it could kill you. I would say the same thing about a boxer who has taken headshots his entire career and is fine with it, and suddenly it starts to really play with their head that they're worried about brain damage, they're worried about uh, lifetime consequences, and they go into a boxing match and they're afraid to get hit and they're just scared. If they walk away, nobody should call them a coward or soft because they realize, you know what, this is something that could kill me and I'm walking away right now. That's, that's a better comparison to what she was going through. So I just want to throw that out there because I know that a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, what a coward. She walked away from her team. She's soft. The Simone Biles situation, I think, is a lot deeper than that. There are people in what you might call dangerous sports, contact-type competitive sports, and that is gymnastics. There is contact with a lot of things, including when you're flipping 15 times in the air and then coming down from 15 feet in the air or 30 feet in the air and you know when you use the vault, uh, when you're coming down to the ground. Yeah, uh, lay off. Lay off her is all I'm saying. I, I really do. I really do think there's a mental component here that people don't understand. Having said that, this we also do not understand. The CDC, just a couple of months after Joe Biden said, no, we will not be requiring masking for the vaccinated. No, we will not be requiring vaccinations. We will just strongly recommend them. Now the CDC is doubling down on both. According to the CDC, the first one says in areas with substantial and high transmission, CDC recommends that fully vaccinated individuals wear a mask in public indoor settings to help prevent spread of Delta and protect others. And when school starts up again, CDC recommends in universal indoor masking for all teachers, staff, students and visitors to K through 12 schools, regardless of vaccination status. Children should return to full in-person learning in the fall with proper prevention strategies in place. For months, the Biden administration has been telling us, you don't want to wear a mask, then you take the shot. 
Joe Biden himself put it on his Twitter feed. Do you remember this a couple of months ago? And we talked about the chutzpah of this, the dictatorial, tyrannical nature of a tweet that said, get the vaccination or wear a mask until you do. Your choice. He literally said you will do one or the other. You will get that shot of experimental drug cocktails that is not an actual vaccine, or you will wear a mask. You will cover your breathing orifices, your nose and your mouth, until you take that shot. You remember that? Now they're telling you, do both. You take that shot and you put that mask over your face, you nasty little germ spreader, you. That's disgusting. How dare you th- How dare you think about breathing your germs on somebody who's been vaccinated with something that I've described as being highly effective against transmission. You, just put it on and shut up. This is what they're doing. The CDC said that fully vaccinated people have a very low probability of becoming very sick with COVID-19, but there's a better chance that they could carry this Delta variant and pass it along to someone who has not been vaccinated. So now in high transmission areas in this country, they track it county by county, and the counties with the highest transmission, they want people wearing masks again, regardless of vaccination status. The CDC director said this is not a decision that she or any of the medical professionals there took lightly but it is definitely a decision that is going to affect a lot of people so what does the biden white house have to say about this new guidance from the cdc after they told us that uh, we were not going to have to wear masks if we got vaccinated this this sudden change those comments were back in may uh and as i noted at the time uh the delta variant was a uh was by no means uh an a variant as it uh, the variant that it is today it was not uh even a i can look at this specific data but it was uh 99% of cases were not delta at the time so Madam Circleback says that, you know, that was a whole two months ago, back when Joe Biden said, no, you don't have to wear a mask if you get vaccinated. But this is a, this is a different time now because of Delta, Delta, Delta. The public health uh, leaders in our administration have made the determination based on data that that is a way to make sure they're protected, their loved ones are protected, uh, and that's an extra step given the transmissibility of the virus. An extra step that they told us would not be necessary. But it's an extra step. Before we take our first break, I want to just lay this out. I I just want to lay this out for you because I think this is the reality of the situation. Remember when they first started this whole thing? Just shelter in place, non-essential workers, for, for two weeks. 15 days. Give us 15 days. Then it was, by the way, Wear a mask just for 15 days. Just for 15 days. Okay, two weeks have gone by. Well, do it for a month. Do it for a month. No music yet, please. Do it for a month. Just a month. Then a month goes by. Okay, just wear this mask for the rest of the summer. Wear the the mask just until school starts again, and then we'll eradicate this altogether. All right, well, you know what? It's still not quite where we need it to be. Let's wear it. Just wear it for the year. Wear it for the rest of the year. When 2021 comes around, it's going to be better. Now wear it for the next year. Wear it until we tell you you can take it off. That's where we've gone. And taking that shot that we told you about doesn't change it. You will stay six feet apart. 
you will wear something to cover your breathing orifices. You will limit your gatherings, the size of them and where you can go, until we tell you otherwise. And as you're doing it, feel good about the fact that we're doing this for your benefit. See, this is their message. If they can make us do exactly what they tell us in the name of our health, because they know what's good for us, because it's their job to look after our medical conditions, because they know what's better for the general population, And if they can get us to agree to go along with them, because it's in our best interest, if we agree and say yes, we know that our big government officials are only looking out for our best interest. If we accept that and trust that, when they try to control such a massive aspect of our lives for our own good, our health, that's when the conditioning has begun. The mental conditioning. Because then we'll, we, we will be far more likely to do exactly what we're told the next time they say, look, we're just looking out for your best interest as we take just a little bit more control away from your lives. And when they tell us to go here and not there, to own this but not that, to accept this but refuse that, when they know we have surrendered our own subjectivity to evaluate situations for ourselves and decide for ourselves, make up our own minds what the right thing to do here is, when they know we have surrendered our own judgment and substituted theirs in its place, then we become slaves of the state. And if you don't think that can happen here, I want you to look at all of the other socialist and Marxist and communist states and ask the people there who are slaves to their states and who have been for generations if they ever thought it could happen to them. That is how slippery this slope is. It's 924 and we'll be right back. I want to give you something fun here. Uh, And when I say fun, it's, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek fun. Um, But just to give you an idea or a reminder of how insane this has become from by way of our federal government. Between the CDC, the NIH, and then the international body, the WHO, we are getting all of this different medical advice about how we need to take care of ourselves and about what we should and should not do. So CDC, NIH, uh, WHO, and then there's Fauci, the grand poobah, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who is the lead epidemiologist in, the, in America and so on and so forth. I want you to listen to two minutes of Dr. Anthony Fauci giving you every possible answer there is on masks, vaccines, and COVID because he has taken every position possible on all sides of the story. People should not be walking around with masks. Let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better. Masks are protective. and we. But it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. There has not been any indication that putting a mask on and wearing a mask for a considerable period of time has any deleterious effects. There are 
unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside there? Of course. You do not need to wear a mask indoors if, in fact, you've been vaccinated. Good that you're vaccinated, but in a situation where you have people indoors, particularly crowded, you should wear a mask. So even if you are vaccinated, you should wear a mask. If, in fact, you are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, you are protected, and you do not need to wear a mask outdoors or indoors. When the children go out into the community, you want them to continue to wear masks. You know, if you look at at, at children outside, particularly when they're with the family, uh, walking down the street, playing a game or what have you, don't have to wear a mask. The, 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 The pediatric, the Academy of Pediatric, actually makes that recommendation that children should be wearing masks uh, from two years old onward. And you're asking now if your child is a member of your household, can you walk outdoors with your child without a mask? According to that chart, the answer is yes. But the child can't, not to beat it, yeah. beat it to death. Yeah. Yes, yes. Because now the CDC says, I mean, I think I've got this right. One mask is better than zero masks. Two masks is better than one mask. But you don't have to have double masks. Is is that right? I mean, you know, it became clear that cloth coverings that you didn't have to buy in a store that you could make yourself were adequate. And then you want it to fit better. So one of the ways you could do it, if you would like to, is put a cloth mask over, which actually here... And here and here, where you could get leakage in, is much better contained. Are you a double masker, Dr. Fauci? Look like you are. <laughs> they are making it up as they go along. Can't you see that? We are being conditioned. We are being played for the purposes of being conditioned. Once we trust the government and to... to uh, substitute their judgment for our own, then their judgment rules our lives. Daniel Horowitz joins us next to talk about this on AM 1420 The Answer. Progressive Democrats, please be aware now enter the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Okay, 936, we continue now. Let's uh, dive right back into the biggest news of the day, uh, and that is the CDC's revised guidance telling you, yeah, that old guidance about either get the shot or wear a mask. What, what, didn't Joe Biden tweet that? He tweeted something like, take the shot. Or wear a mask until you do. Your choice. Sounds all kind of democratic there, doesn't it? At any rate, that guidance, yeah, that's old news. That's yesterday. Now it's take the shot and put that mask on. Do what we tell you because we know what's best for you. Uh, I know one guy who is looking th- looking at this, watching all of this, and uh, who has determined that all of the straw men arguments that are being made by the government now, by the CDC, by the NIH, by Dr. Fauci, by the Biden White House, are all being advanced to promote what he calls a Pfizer republic. That was enough to get me to call Daniel Horowitz and say, Daniel, we need to catch up because we haven't talked for a while. Daniel Horowitz, senior editor at Conservative Review and the host of the Conservative Review podcast with Daniel Horowitz, uh, which I listened to yesterday with great interest. Daniel, good morning. Good to have you back. How are you? Great to be back with you, Bob. Daniel, uh, 
I, I want you to define FISA Republic. I kind of got into it a little bit based on what you were talking about yesterday. I got into it a little bit with, in my introduction this uh, this morning in my uh, in my opening segment. Um, Big Pharma is is an extraordinarily powerful entity and industry. Are you suggesting that the new guidances and the new orders uh, and the new recommendations that we are getting from uh, the CDC, the NIH, the American Academy of Pediatrics, and all these other things are being driven by big pharma, that they are kind of essentially calling the shots behind the scenes? Is that what you mean by the Pfizer Republic? Well, it's truly hard to draw any other conclusion when we are now 17 months into this, and we've tried everything under the sun at great, great physical, financial, emotional, mental cost, and none of it has worked. Yet the only thing that we haven't tried, which is actually using cheap um, off-label therapeutics that have a lot of data behind them to treat people as soon as they get it, and we're testing everyone like crazy so we know people get it early, outpatient. Instead, we're using remdesivir, this big pharma $3,000 a pop drug that doesn't work. And what they're doing is they're pushing things that maximize government control and cronyism at the same time. So they don't work, but they work enough that they engender a need to perpetuate themselves. So what you're finding now with the, with the vaccine is, you know, they don't want to say, hey, it's over. You know, you got it. Works. We're great. They don't want to say it doesn't work, but they're doing it just enough that where they're headed is where Israel is headed, where they've kind of trailblazed this. And that is you'll need perpetual every five to six months booster shots, each one coming with, by the way, new risks of the active spike protein in your body doing God knows what. Um, And then it will wane again and they'll say, look, well, this is what you got to do. So they're creating a vicious cycle to create a need for themselves by boxing out any legitimate other options of of dealing with this. And one other thing I think your listeners should note, if we're talking about Pfizer in particular, did you know, Bob, I bet you didn't know this. What's that? (laughs) The Kilo decision. That was the big eminent domain decision where um, they said in New Hampshire, this is a 2005 Supreme Court case, that the power of the federal government under the Constitution to take your land with just compensation when there's a public need they transform that to a private need. Do you know who the plaintiff was in that case? I'm going to guess Pfizer. since you're setting me up here that it was <laughs> Pfizer. Yes, sir. Yep. It was <laughs> Pfizer. It was Pfizer. So, again, they get what they want. By the way, nowadays that's a, it's a vacant lot. Nothing ever came of it. But the point is they, they make the call, they get it. And, and that should scare us all. Has this been the case under uh, both parties' leadership? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean... I think the donations clearly over the last five years or so, it's much more tilted towards the Democrat Party. I think that realignment really began to occur with Obamacare when um, the healthcare establishment went all in. By the way, there's a lot of COVID fascism is very much rooted in Obamacare. Um, what Obamacare did is, is it consolidated this government corporate monopoly where it, you, you really don't have private practice anymore. Everything is corporate practice and medicine, uh, and, and we're suffering from it today because you have a lot of independent doctors, the few that are left, lots of uh, gray hair, gray-haired uh, people. Most of the young ones are all working for a system. They're the ones coming up with cures, treating people with great success, 
have great pr- protocols and published journals that they've done. Dr. Peter McCullough, Ryan Cole, obviously Dr. Zelenko. Um, but there's a number of other doctors that are too scared to go that route because the corporate edicts that are pushed down, which ultimately really come from government, uh, say that you're not allowed to treat COVID. You could do everything you can for COVID except for treat it. Daniel Horowitz is my guest, senior editor for Conservative Review. Daniel, in my last segment, um, uh, I, I, I made the argument that this is about much, much, much more than medicine and about much more than health, uh, people's health. Um, I think they weaponized COVID last year when the opportunity came to steal an election. And I think they're weaponizing it now uh, with this new guidance on masking, new guidance on vaccine. Remember, they told us originally it was, look, you either get the vaccine or you get the shot. Now it's you have to do both. And it's all in your best interest. We are looking out for your health. We know what's better for you or what's good for you better than you do. And the moment we accept, Daniel, that, okay, you know, this is really just for all of our betterment. They're not, they're not trying to harm us here. They just want us to all stay healthy. That the conditioning has begun. That the population then says we trust the government to make better decisions for us, uh, than, uh, than we trust ourselves to. And then it expands beyond health, uh, into other things. The government clearly has our best interests in mind. Once they set this precedent that their judgment should be substituted for ours, we become slaves of the state. Am I overstating that? You know, Bob, that's essentially the thesis of my podcast the last uh, year and a half. I mean, that that's it. Um, it's not about health. It's just that health is what scares people more than anything, and fear will give people to acquiesce to tyranny. Um, it is very scary, the barriers, the, the civil rights barriers that have been breached um, as a result of this. Uh, they have posited that basically they could just shout, public health in a crowded theater, and all constitutional rights disappear, all sanity, all needs to provide some sort of evidentiary standards that what they're doing even works. No, they could do it. They could demand it. They could, any, any mayor or governor could hold a press conference and say, hey, here's what you're doing. You have no rights. You can't breathe. You have no bodily autonomy. Um, you can't gather. First Amendment is gone. Fourth Amendment is gone. Fourteenth Amendment is gone. And, and that's it. It's all for your good. And you know what? We need to look in the mirror. It is our fault. And you know this is my pet peeve. Our founders rightfully created a federalist country where it wasn't one central government. We have a lot of you know different layers of government, 50 states, and we have over 3,000 counties. Um, there are more red states than blue states. There are 19 states where we have super majorities, 24 states where we have trifectas. I don't mean we, but Republicans at least. And... You know, Trump won uh, 80% of the counties, yet even in those counties, almost every area, they bought in hook, line, and sinker to the this way of dealing with it because it wasn't like abortion and guns where we could see it a mile away. We have a pre-existing principle. This was different. It was our health, and we all had to do it. So, you know, you look at the polling data, a number of our people – bought into it, and therefore didn't get on the case of their elected Republicans. Your state is a perfect example. Very strong majorities, um, a trifecta. Now, again, I know the governor is, is a rhino, um, but, you know, the legislature should be all over this. They've done a couple of things. There is no reason why the state of Ohio cannot declare independence from CDC, prohibit and even criminalize the implementation of their orders. Um, in any other era, putting covering the breathing orifices of children 
would have been considered reckless child endangerment and would be subject to the criminal and civil penalties thereof and that needs to be applied. Um, what, what we've learned from COVID, if nothing else, is the power of state and local government. We've certainly learned that. And we've learned that for the bad, but we can apply that for the good. There is no reason, you know, the, where I live in Maryland, it's done. I mean, there's nothing I can do. And the state local, like Ohio, it's really been trending red. There is no reason why you should be subject to any of this. You know, every year we yeah, hear... But it it is more years, likely, it yeah. is more likely, Daniel, that our governor applies for a job when he loses his re-election bid for, uh, to, to be a spokesman for the CDC than it would be that he would buck the <laughs> CDC's recommendations. I'm not kidding. You, you know what he's done. He was one of the first in the country to start the lockdowns, uh, in just two weeks, just two weeks, one of the first to do the mask. He was, he was loving the national attention, the Time Magazine feature stories, and he was the one out in front of this, and other governors should copy Mike DeWine. He, he is more likely to do the Fed's bidding than to actually try to uh, to try to to fight them. It, it, exactly, and, and this is the problem. We everyone keeps talking about the Florida governor, but there's a number of red states. Why why, why are we only talking about one guy? And and therein lies the problem. Um, you know, you look up and down the totem pole from school board member to county council, uh, county executive, and state legislature, and obviously the state attorney general and governor. Those are the elections that matter. Every four years, people say this is the most important election of our lifetime, and it's really nonsense. The federal government is gone. There's, the country's gone. What we can do is protect at least the areas where there's a majority of people who agree with us, yet the Republicans don't reflect those values. Next year's primaries for state and local office are truly the most important elections of our lifetime. And the reason is, because we have undergone more trauma and tyranny in this country the last two years than ever before. If that is not going to serve as a cathartic experience to prompt us to finally look and audit every elected Republican, particularly in a red area, where do they stand on COVID fascism? Where do they stand on transgenderism, on illegal immigration, on the issues of our time? Not the broad, you know, flag-waving stuff that doesn't matter, but the issues that actually matter when they matter, um, you will find that almost none of them reflect our values, and they need to be swapped out. I'm not saying not to get involved in your Senate race. I know there's going to be a big Senate primary, but the gubernatorial primary is going to be even more important. Daniel Horowitz is my guest, senior editor at Conservative Review. You need to check out his podcast. His, uh, his podcast uh, is Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. It's on Apple Podcasts, right? Is there any other place people can get this, Daniel? Sure, Google, Stitcher, anywhere, or you go to the Blaze. Got it. Just want to make sure that people can listen to you because it's great information all the time. Daniel, one follow-up on this. You know, the CDC says with their new guidance yesterday, remember, this is only guidance. The federal government can't mandate it, but they'll leave it up to the governors, like you talked about, and to the county health departments and to the school administrators. But what do all of these localized entities have in common? They all rely on federal money for their budgets, right? And fearing a loss of federal dollars if they don't do what is recommended by the CDC, you know, reduced grants, et cetera, they're going to do whatever the federal government recommends, right? They're not mandated, but it's kind of like, you know, we know where our, our, where our bread is buttered here. We're going to do what they tell us to do. It's certainly true of public entities, state and local, but it's even true of so-called private companies. There is no private anymore. It's all being induced by the federal government. Um, they're all as thick as thieves. This is not the free market pushing this, which is why I've said all along, state legislatures where you have very strong majorities in Ohio, you do. They need to immediately declare war on the CDC. They have to shadow box them and 
ensure that the and, and direct the Ohio Department of Health, for example, to issue their own guidelines to audit every premise of how we are treating this virus, from the masking to the test and trace to the way we are marketing the vaccines and for whom um, they need to hold hearings and certainly change that guidance. And what we've seen is that if a state wants to go in a different direction, now you're right, it can't be one guy, he'll get shellacked. But, you know, the state and local officials, there's really nothing the feds could do. It's a joke. That's my point. The sanctuary cities have shown this. You know, when they wanted to kick out federal immigration officials, they succeeded. And if if the people and the local officials are in sync, which in a place like San Francisco they are, um, then there's nothing much the feds can do. And we need to do that in our areas as well. Daniel, one final thought, and this is going back to the point of this is politics and uh, and power more than it is about health and medicine. I've got three headlines, and I posted them on my Facebook page yesterday. One is from June 8th, so it was just last month. Uh, no point vaccinating those who have had COVID-19, Cleveland Clinic study suggests. It was a massive Cleveland Clinic study that shows that people who have natural immunity by way of the antibodies from having the virus, uh, they have no need for the vaccine. It does not help or strengthen their immunity in any way. Second one is from uh, two days ago, from Monday. Study recovered COVID-19 patients possess robust immunity to the virus. This was published in Cell Reports magazine. And then yesterday, despite Fauci's assertions, Israeli data indicate natural immunity six times greater than achieved from the jab. Daniel, there are tens of millions of Americans who got COVID and recovered from it. In fact, as we know, 99-point-plus percent of the people who do get it recover from it, and they have robust immunity, and yet they are counted among the quote-unquote unvaccinated that are responsible for the spread of this. Why are they ignoring the science here that says this is natural inoculation? This is really where I began to become very suspicious of the vaccine. You know, I knew lockdowns and masks were insane. A vaccine, well, if it made right, it could work. I didn't have much of an opinion on it. It's a very complicated subject. But then as the months drew on and I saw they were pushing it on people that clearly didn't need it and clearly the the side effects were very high. They might still be low in absolute numbers, but much higher than our tolerance threshold, more than any other, all vaccines put together combined on the various reporting system. So certainly you don't want people that don't need it to incur that liability. There are dozens upon dozens of unanswered, unrefuted studies. Um, And if you understand how it works, it's very obvious. The vaccine is just for the spike protein, one part of the virus, and that keeps mutating. Whereas this is very broad and deep. It produces memory B cells, which produce more antibodies, the T cells, which are long-term. A Singapore study last year showed that people that got SARS-1 17 years ago had cross-reactivity to SARS-2, even though they never had SARS-2 um, 17 years later. Um, remember when there was a measles outbreak recently, they said people my age um, should you know, get another booster. But anyone born before 19, I think, 58, they said, you're good to go. No question. That was before this was politicized. Everyone understands that when you get a virus like that, you are immune. That's obvious. Um, yet that person is treated like a pariah, where someone who has the vaccine but doesn't have uh, natural immunity, more and more evidence is coming out that as far as getting it and even spreading it, it's almost a nothing, particularly after 46 months. But even with getting critical illness, 
you know, 70% of those in ICU units in Israel now um, do did have the vaccine that roughly uh, jives with the general vaccination rate there. And Israel's belief, and again, we'll, we'll see in the coming weeks, we'll find out if this is true everywhere, but they seem to be saying that it only is temporary, which really was the thought all along. If you go back a year ago, they, everyone was saying it's hard to yeah. do a coronavirus vaccine because they mutate. Um, there is no shred of legitimacy to this, and you know now is the time for red states to stand up. Terrific information, Daniel Horowitz, uh, and I want people to get more great information from you. Obviously, follow Daniel's writings at Conservative Review. You can also get it on The Blaze and uh, wherever you get your podcast. CR Podcast with Daniel Horowitz. That's Conservative Review. Uh, Daniel, uh, I think people would be well served to listen. Thanks so much, my friend. I appreciate talking to you. Take care. Thank you, Daniel. 9.54. We're a little late getting out, but that's okay. We're going to get out, and we're going to come back in, and we're going to get out after I remind you of this great way to spruce up your home with new flooring from the Floor King. Do it now while summer is still going on. Make your home look new again. Right now is the time to take advantage of the huge summer sale at the Floor King. Two choices to pick from. You can have two years to pay for your new flooring project with 0% interest, 24 months to spread out the payments with not a nickel of interest. That's awesome. Or you can choose 10% off your total purchase price right off the top. Landlords, property managers, call the Floor King now for the lowest prices of the year for your rental units. Doesn't matter what you want. You want carpeting, you want hardwood, you want vinyl, tile, you name it. Floor King's got it at great summer savings. 216-640-5000. Tell them Bob France told you to call. Take advantage of this huge summer sale. 216-640-5000. The Floor King, our prices will floor you. Okay, 957 now. Great, great stuff from Daniel Horowitz. He is just... uh, He's a wealth of information. He really is. And I always appreciate the opportunity to talk to him. Um, just to hit this quickly again, one of the last things I asked Daniel about, um, the, the Israeli study, this is extraordinary. And it's, and it's, what's, what's equally extraordinary is the fact that nobody in the United States seems to be paying attention to this. They are in other, uh, other countries. My daughter has a trip to uh, Rome scheduled for next spring. And, we're looking, of course, at the, you know, the situation on the ground there, the situation in Europe in terms of, you know, the COVID-19 policies, protocols, mandates, and so on and so forth. And do you know that in order to visit Rome, to visit Italy, you have to either have proof of vaccination or proof of antibodies from having uh, recovered from COVID-19. They accept both. Because they know that both of them mean you're inoculated. You're not a a threat, a big threat anyway, to either get or to transmit the virus. That's extraordinary. But in the United States, they ignore such data. Here's the Israel story that I asked Daniel uh, Daniel Horowitz about. Uh, This is from LifeSide News yesterday. Adding to a long list of studies contradicting recent statements by Joe Biden and his chief medical advisor, Anthony Fauci, statistics out of Israel indicate that the immune response from those individuals who have recovered from COVID-19 is approximately 6.72 times greater than those who accept the experimental COVID-19 gene therapy injections. The drug cocktails, the experimental drugs, the non-vaccine vaccines. Israeli National News reported uh, to the nation's health ministry that 
COVID-19 patients who recovered from the virus were far less likely to become infected than people who were, quote-unquote, vaccinated against COVID. The health ministry's data on infections over the last two months reveals that Israelis with immunity from natural infection were far less likely to become infected, again, in comparison to Israelis who only had immunity via vaccination. With 7,700 new cases of the virus being detected since the reported, the reported new wave, the Delta variant, began in May, only 72 of the confirmed cases were reported in people who were known to have been infected previously. In other words, those with natural immunity after less than 1% of the new cases, roughly 40% of the new cases contracted uh, who contracted the Delta variant. That means more than 3,000 out of the 7,700 involved people who had been infected uh, despite the vaccination being given, the experimental drug cocktail. Do you think about that? Six times greater immunization if you have recovered and have the antibodies than if you just take the jab. And yet nobody in the United States is even recognizing this. we got more coming up after the news on AM 1420, The Answer.